following radio programs are original broadcasts. While enhancements have been made to the audio for clarity and listener enjoyment, no other edits or modifications have been made. The listener may hear advertisements and notices for tobacco products, alcohol, food, and or services that may no longer be available, nor are they endorsed by whose blind life is it anyway. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, y'all. This is Monty the Pepsi Mama coming back at you with another edition of the Afternoon Radio Theater Sunday. And um, I'm kind of rattled. I've been, every time I've started to do this, I've had somebody come into the door or I've had somebody call. Y'all know how that goes. So uh, maybe uh, by me starting over this time, maybe I'll be able to get through it. I hope so because i got to go take the cat to the vet after a while and have to go about 1 o'clock. So I'm trying to get done, and uh, I'm on Eastern time. It's... Uh, Gary, it's, what time is it? It's 11.41. Oh, 11.41, so I got a little while. Um, but welcome, and hope you enjoy what you hear. And if you do, uh, you can like us on Facebook, Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? You can subscribe to us on uh, YouTube, and it's... Whose Blind Life Is It Anyway? Um, you can follow us on Twitter or tweet to us, whichever you want to. Well, we hope you'll do both, but um, at Blind Whose, B-L-I-N-D-W-H-O-S-E. Don't forget that at sign. Um, or you can, if you don't like any of that, or those options, you can listen to us on your favorite podcast player. Uh, we're on Apple, Spotify, QCast, uh, anywhere just that you can find your favorite podcast, uh, you, you, you'll find us. So we're, we're out there everywhere. If you want to contact me for suggestions or ideas or comments or requests whatever you can email me at afternoon radio theater sunday s-u-n-d-a-e like an ice cream sunday at gmail.com so that's afternoon radio theater sunday at gmail.com i'll be happy to hear from you Today, I'm doing another installment of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and we've got one more after this one, and it'll finish it up. We're doing, uh, today, it's 34 through 43, and the next one will be 44 through 52. I think that's, no, 43. Oh, heck, guys. I know if I'm looking at it, but, uh, yeah, it'd be 43 through 52, I think. Anyway, something like that. It'll be the last. Sorry about that. Uh, and so here it is.
and gentlemen, we now present George Edwards in Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. seems to be the lot for today. Oh, how's that kettle of yours? It's just about boiling. Would you like some tea? Very much. I'll have a word to Dr. Lanyon and then I'll be along. You'll find him in the dispensary talking to Nancy. Oh, good Lord, not again. <laughs> uh, what do I pay that young woman for if she does nothing but lure my assistant away from his work? I wish they'd hurry up and get it over. Well, judging by what I saw through the glass door last night, he isn't wasting any time. Neither is she, if you ask me. Well, I imagine we'll be giving them our blessing very soon. I'll be sorry when she goes. She's a first-rate chemist. She was talking about doing some research. Perhaps she could work with you. Uh, not with me. I've given up. I've given up all that now. Oh, surely not. Oh, that seems wrong. You were doing such valuable work. Enough to prove to me, Peter, my dear, that insufficient knowledge is an extremely dangerous thing. Oh, but you mustn't. What about your work on anesthetics and the possibility of nerve blocks? How did you know about that? I'm an ardent reader of The Lancet, don't forget. And you just forget all you ever read about me. It's over and done with. And if you could look into my laboratory, you'd find the whole place covered with dust. I never thought you'd give up. Give up? Is that what you call it? Isn't it that? Why do you think so? You had a bad breakdown from overwork, but that doesn't mean you should give it up altogether. Nurse Peters, do I take it that you're daring to criticize the conduct of your medical superior? Where's your knowledge of professional etiquette? My professional etiquette isn't strong enough to stand the thought of you becoming a bat number. Woman, go and boil your kettle and leave these matters to your betters. You can make a joke of it, but I think you ought to be ashamed of yourself, Henry Jekyll. Ah, bless you, Peter. You're the first person who scolded me like that since Mother died. I didn't know how much I'd missed it. If it's a mother you're in need oh, of... Oh, don't think that you'd be any good as a candidate. You're far too young and pretty when you blush like that. Oh, please don't. I mean it. Go and see Dr. Lennon. You're wasting time again. Well, I won't come back if you uh, don't give me toasted crumpets with my tea. You've been looking in my cupboard. <laughs> oh, no, I haven't. <laughs> I've got second sight. Well, then perhaps you can tell me what I'm going to give you to put on them. Of course I can. Strawberry jam. Wrong. It's honey Mother sent me up from Devonshire. And clotted cream. Devonshire? Oh, perhaps I can call and see her when I'm down there. Are you going to Devonshire? Uh, yes. Uh, there's someone down there I particularly want to see. Will you be going soon? Oh, as soon as I can fix things up to get away. It's one of the things I want to see Dr. Lanyon about. So I'd better make sure of catching him before he goes. once or twice before. Can't say as I recall your face. Strange. There ain't many as comes this way that old Jeremy can't remember. 
You don't get many visitors, I suppose. Just now and again, sir. Now and again. Out of the way we be, but none the worse for that. Indeed, you're not. Uh, this is a very pretty little village you've got. Ah, snug it be, tucked in at the back of them hills. I ought to see them come autumn time, when they have us out. Rare sight they be, and no mistake. Stopping long in these parts? Uh, no, not long. I've just come down on business, as a matter of fact. I wonder, can you tell me if any of the Trelawney family are still in the old house? Trelawney? Aye, that they be. There's old Samuel and his daughter, the same as they always was. It's not likely that they'd ever be leaving the place. Uh, and young Sam? Aye, Sammy went to South Africa years or gone. Not been heard of him, as far as anybody knows. He, uh, didn't get married then? To Widow Cole's lass. Nay, that were called off long before he went. She were fit for nothing since that accident she had. And what became of her? Well, when her mother died, she were took in by her auntie down at Grogley Art. Been there this two years or more. And, uh, Hester... And the old man, Trelawney, is still at the farm? I, uh, I wonder, would he see me if I call? He might. Then he might take a fit into his head and set the dogs on you. Old Samuel's got mortal bitter since young Sammy went away. Oh, they do say it were partly his own doing. Oh, well, I think I'll take a chance about the dogs. Good day to you. Good day, sir. Now, what might a young swell like that be doing in these parts, sticking his nose into other folks' business? Badger, Rufus, Barney, come here. Stop that barking. Lie down, lie down. Be quiet, will you? Good afternoon. Be you wanting to see someone? Uh, you're Miss Trelawney, aren't you? Yes, that's right. Well, I've come up from London. I was wondering, uh, could I see your father? Father doesn't see many strangers. What was it about? Well, I've been asked to come and see him on behalf of a... of a man named uh, Edward Hyde. Edward Hyde? Yes. You'd best not mention that name in this house. I think if your father would listen to me, I might be able to do something that would make your memory less bitter. Esther, Esther, who's there? A gentleman's come up from London, Father. He wants to see you. Where's that? I think you'd best be coming inside. Father's not left his chair these two years now. If you'll just step this way and mind your head on the lintel. The doors are made low in these parts. Uh, thank you. Oh, uh, Jekyll is my name. Uh, Dr. Henry Jekyll. What are you talking about, Hester? Who is this stranger? Where do you want? I'm bringing him in now, if you'll only have patience. Through this door on your left, Doctor. This is Dr. Jekyll, Father. He's got something he wants to talk to you about. Well, if it's about selling the place, he might as well save himself his breath. There's been nine generations that Trelawney is living here, and, and I'll not be the one to let it pass into other hands. It's all right, Mr. Trelawney. I haven't come to try and get your farm away from you. Well, what have you come for, then? What's brought you all the way from London? I, uh... Oh, I've come at the request of a man I happen to know. Uh, he asked me to come down here to try and make amends for an injury he once did you. A man did me an injury? 
There's only one man that I know of who ever did that. I haven't any doubt that we're thinking of one and the same person. Uh, I'm referring to to Edward Hyde. Uh, did, did you say he was a friend of yours? If that's so, you can get out of this house. No man who has anything to do with him can ever stay here. Father, Father, calm yourself. Yes. You'll be getting bad again if you get so worked And then really, what does he mean? Coming here talking about Edward Hyde. Has he come to torment us and remind us of things best forgotten? Oh, no, I've come to try and make amends. How could you do that? Can you bring back my son to me? Wipe out the disgrace of that, that fine girl? Well, I came uh, to see you. Uh, you see, I can't undo the past, but there may be some means of uh, making the future a little better. Who are you? What have you to do with such a man as Hyde? Well, I can't tell you that, but... Let me say that I'm, in a way, his his executor. Executor? Then he's dead. Oh, no, not dead, uh, but gone away. Uh, I know. He's disappeared to save himself from the gallows. If ever a man was right for the hangman, he's... Father, father, try to keep calm. How can I keep calm when I think of that man? I've never ceased to regret that I didn't choke him with his two hands the way I wanted to when I first set eyes on him. Dr. Jekyll, I really think you'd better be going. Father's not well enough to stand excitement. Uh, Then can I have a talk to you? Some other time, maybe. I'll have to see the father now. He's looking very bad. Well, uh, I'm a doctor, don't forget. Now, let me feel his pulse. I promise not to upset him anymore. Very well. But for mercy's sake, don't talk about that man. I won't. Now, Mr. Trelawney, uh, just lie quiet and let me see how that heart of yours is behaving. That's better. That's right. Now, uh, just let your wrist relax. Well, it'll be all right soon. Of course you will. Of course you will. Well, I'll go now and uh, I'll not trouble you anymore. You'll be all right, I think. The heart is rapid, but it's beating quite evenly. Will you come out here? I want to speak to you. By certain. Where did you get that ring you're wearing? Why do you ask? It's the same that he had on his hand. He? You mean Hyde? Yes. I'll never forget it. They had it on the night he came and told us about my brother, Sam. I remember the way the light shone on it. You're quite right. It is his. He gave it to me as a memento. Memento? Of him? All we've been trying to do is forget him. Well, Miss Trelawney, if you'll only hear what I've come to tell you, I think you'll be able to forget him much easier. All right. I'll come and see you then. Where will you be? I've taken a room in the little inn in the village. Uh, Could you come down there? I'll come down later on after Father's gone to sleep. Very well. I'll wait there for you. Call me if you get worried about Mr. Trelawney. I'm awfully sorry to have upset him like that. You weren't to know that the mere mention of that man's name is enough to make him bad for days. I think I do know. Everything. I never told you the whole truth of it. He had no secrets from me. Then no wonder your hair's gone white and you're still a young man. 
The things that man must have carried in his heart would be enough to haunt you for the rest of your days. They do. That's why I've come down here. To try and lay a ghost. Will you help me? All right. I'll come down this evening after it's got dark. I'll wait for you. In the parlor of the little inn. came running out when I came through the gate, but Miss Trelawney soon called them off. Oh, and how did the old man greet you? Well, he was asleep when I got there. <laughs> Not him. He sits in that chair of his before the fire, pretending he hears nothing, <laughs> but there's no to escape his ears. All the same, he's a very sick man. Oh, I'm not denying that. Estrell not be burdened much longer with him, unless Sarah looks dead out. Why? Do you think she'll be glad when her father dies? It'll give her a chance to get away from that farm there, which be more than she's done these five years. Hardly set her foot off the place since young may struck that trouble of his. Is that five years ago? Oh, so you know about it then? Yes. You don't say. Well, well, you're the last one I'd suspect of having any truck with a man of his kidney. Never clapped eyes on such an evil-looking customer in all my life. I remember well the time he first came in here. Young Sammy and one or two others and myself were sitting in the tap room. It were a hot summer afternoon, and we was mighty glad of a pot of landlord's ale. We was talking about nothing in particular, and all of a sudden... A shadow fell across the room as he stood in the door. I don't know why it was, but something in the very shape of him made us all stop talking and stare, sort of queer-like. When be your father going to start harvesting the apples in his orchard, Sam? Friday, maybe. He were talking about taking them to Bodmin and trying his hand at selling them around the houses himself. I was wondering if I could maybe borrow his cart. Them pigs of mine is eating their heads off. If I could take them into market, maybe next week. Hello? What be old Badger speaking up about? Oh, must be a stranger. I've not heard Badger bark like that before. Well, gentlemen, what are you staring at? Pray continue drinking your beer. Oh, 
No harm meant. We uh, we are just struck rather a heap by seeing a stranger down this way. Whose dog is this? Mine. And I'd be obliged if you'd call him up. His men are down very quicker than his master. Down, Badger, down. Look out, Sam. He may have you then. Oh, I can't think what's come over him. Stop it, Badger. Oh, bad luck to you. Will you do as I tell you? Badger. Let me try. on his way back from Bodmin, and I promised him he'd have one. Ah, oh, you and your Sam Trelawney. If you'd be bacon pasties for Master Wallace. I don't care for Master Wallace, and that's an end to it. Then, Mal, for pity. If you only knew which side your bread's buttered. Did you when you married father? He were a poor man, weren't he? And shouldn't that be a lesson to you? 
Look at the way I've been slaving all my life. And here's your chance to get yourself fixed up snug and comfortable by marrying a fine, upstanding man like Josiah Wallace. With two wives buried already. Well, I've no mind to be the third. Now, there's the bread all kneaded into loaves and ready for the oven. You take care of it and let me take care of who I marry. Young Sam will bring you nothing but a load of children and a life of work. Where did you drive the geese this morning? Into Farrer McHesling's field. There's a ton of pickings for them where they cut the grain last week. Then I'll go and fetch them back. Mine don't let that pasty burn now. Huh. I may end approve of your marrying young Sam, but I got too much pride to let a pasty burn. Shoo! Shoo! Get along there, will you? Shoo! Can I give you any help, young lady? Oh, how oh, you frightened me. I didn't see you there behind the tree. I was looking for a place to shelter from the storm. Your geese don't seem to want to go home. I can't think what's come over them. Every man jack going in different directions. Look at that old gander there, and him being over this path a hundred times. Let me head him off. Shoot. Shoot that gap in the head to the right here. That's the way. Shoot. Shoot. Oh, thank you for your help, sir. I thought I'd never get them home before the storm. It's coming up fast now. Would you care to step inside a while and take a cup of tea and maybe some of tweet? That's my mother's place just over there. If your mother wouldn't mind your bringing in a stranger. I tell her how you helped me with the geese. Them geese are mother's pride. You send them to market, do you? Aye. Top price they always fetch, too. Then perhaps she wouldn't mind giving me a cup of tea and shelter when the rain comes. That she won't. Mother'll be right pleased to see a stranger. We hardly ever see anybody but ourselves from one year's end to the other. Mother! Mother, are you there? Yes, here I be. Here's a gentleman that helped me home with the geese. I've washed him in out of the storm. Oh, good day to you. I hope you don't mind my coming in in this way. Not a bit of it. Uh, won't you be taking off your hat and coat and end the scarf you've got up around your face? It's nice and warm by the stove, and you'll not have need of them. Yes. I suppose I'd better take them off. <sighs> Why? What's the matter? Oh, nothing. Nothing, sir. It's my face, eh? If you'd seen it outside, perhaps you mightn't have invited me in, is... Uh, why, whatever makes you say such a thing? Uh, where's your manners, Theresa? Uh, fetch the gentleman a chair and wet the tea. Uh, I've got some saffron buns in the oven that'll be out in a minute or two. That's a fine pasty you've got over there. You know, it's years since I had a pasty. Oh, th that's for... Mm. Oh, sir, sir's baked that for a sweetheart. He'll be coming here on his way home from Bodmin. I see. Nothing would persuade you to part with it, I suppose. Part with it? But why? I've just got a fancy for it. Oh, she's baked it specially for Sam. Sam. I wonder is he the young gentleman I met a day or so ago down at the Marston Bridge Inn? A tall young fellow with red hair on him? That'll be the same. And so, you baked this specially for him. Well, well, well. Now, uh, suppose I were to offer you a guinea for it, hmm? A guinea? Yes, a guinea. 
You think I'm mad, eh? <laughs> I've paid more than that for a meal in London a score of times. And I'll wager it hasn't been as rare a treat as a pasty baked for Sam by his sweetheart. Mother, wait, wait, if you're serious. I was never more so. Now, is it a bargain? No. Don't be silly, Ferriza. What's a pasty? And a guinea means a lot to us. But Sam's coming in the gate now. I can hear his horse's hoops. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Excellent. Here's the guinea. Now let me have my pasty. I'd like nothing better than to have young Sam come in and see me just starting to sink my teeth into his supper. <laughs> let me face the door so that I can get a good view of his face. <laughs> this is going to be good. <laughs> Almost as good as the pasty. reason for this. You're trying to get back on Sam for something. Father, what's come over you? I don't know, Mother, but I don't like this man. It was you who brought him to the house. Yes, but it were almost dark outside. And how could I see what he was like with him all wrapped up in a scarf half over his face? What are you talking about? Anyone would think the gentleman was someone we wouldn't care to ask inside. You didn't like him either till you see the guinea that he has in his purse. Shame on you, Mother. Is that the way you judge a man? And shame on ye that you talk to your own mother such a way. Sit you down, sir, beside the fire, and I'll be making you some tea. Fursa, you can go and tell young Sam to come some other time if it's a pasty he's looking for. What's this? Is it my name I can hear, Mrs. Cole? What? What's that fellow doing here? <laughs> Eating your pasty, as you can see. Sam, come outside with me. I want to talk to you, Sam. Yes, go along with her, young man. Your pasty's gone, I'm afraid. I bought it for a guinea. What? <laughs> now, Sam Trelawney, don't you go making scenes in this house. I'll not have it, you understand? Please, Sam, please. <laughs> oh, all right then. But it sticks in me throat to go taking dirt from him. <laughs> I hope I won't cause you any serious trouble between your daughter and her 
Admirer, Mrs. Cole. It won't be troubling me too much if he never darkens the door again. Don't you like him? Oh, he's well enough. But she's throwing herself away on him, and that's the truth of it. In what way? She could do better for herself than Sam if she'd a mind to. So she has more than one admirer, then? Oh, my first is the prettiest girl for 30 miles around. She could take her pick. Even Josiah Wallace would wed with her. And him with the finest farm in the district and three houses and a ship in Boston. Quite a match. That fair makes me mad to think of that young Sam standing in a way, and that's the truth of it. So you wouldn't be sorry if he was removed? Oh, I don't wish him any harm. But I don't want to see my girl wed to a poor man the same as I was. Well, we'll have to see what we can do. We'll have to see. I'm not saying that the widow Cole weren't a lot to blame for what happened. Fair daft she must have been to be took in be a scoundrel like Hyde. But uh, was she taken in? Aye, there you be right. She were dazzled by his guineas, if you be asking me. And the good Lord knows he had a power of money in his purse. Oh, Oh, hold your noise, woman. The doctor wants to hear all about young Sam and that fellow Hyde. Don't you, sir? Yes, yes. Let me hear it all. Well, as I was saying, the widow Cole were fair dazzled by his guineas. Brazen it were, and at her age, too. You could have knocked me down with a feather when he moved his traps out of this here inn and went off to live with them. I did, too. You know, he went off from the inn on their invitation. And uh, how did the rest of the village take it? Oh, it were open scandal, so it were. When she began to wear them flash clothes, bought, if you please, at Josiah Wallace's store in Bodman... Way things reached a pretty pass. The poor lass Thurzer could scarce hold up her head. Mother, you're never going to church in clothes like that. And why not? Isn't it time I had something decent to wear instead of the old rags I've had to put up with all my life? But, Mother, what'll folks be saying? Uh, They'll be saying that fine feathers make fine birds, no doubt. Well, let them, as long as the feathers be on my hat. Oh, you can't. Mother, what's come over you? How can you do such things? What things? Take presents from Mr. Hyde. Don't you know what folks be saying? Let them. I've wanted nice things all my life. I've never had a chance of getting them. Do you think I'm going to pass them by now because of a lot of wagon toes? Put on your bonnet and let's be getting off. Parson don't like it if folks come late. I'll not be going with you. What's that? You heard. Put on your things this minute. Or do I have to fetch you a slap across the air to remind you I'm your mother? It'd take more than that to make me know that the woman's standing up for me now, dressed in them clothes that she got in such a way as any mother of mine. Take <laughs> that for your thoughts. It's no use blubbering like that. I'll have no child of mine give me a lip while she's living in my house. Very well, then. I'll go. You'll what? Either that man Hyde goes or I do. And who are you, Miss 
for such a self-offing judgment of your mother. Would you be asking me to condone the things I know are going on? Do you think I'm blind and deaf? I'll be asking you to mind your own business. What my mother does and what folks say about her is my business. And if I can do what to bring it to your senses, I'll do it. You'd be a deal better advised to come to your senses yourself. Look at the fine length of soap he brought you home two days ago. And what did you do with it? Put it in the fire. The same as I'd burn any other of the devil's things he brings into the house. That man's a fiend. There's not been aught of happiness or peace or good about the place ever since the first minute he set foot here. Didn't he and Sam get into holes right away on account of the way he beat the poor dog? And what's that got to do with you and me? Has he ever said a word that's out of place or been anything except a perfect gentleman all the time he's been stopping here with me? And have we done anything but quarrel and have ill feeling between us? Us has lived peaceable all these years. And will Sam come about the place when there's any danger of coming face to face with him? Hmm. Maybe in time to come, you'll be grateful to him for that. If you think you'll get me to marry Josiah Wallace that way, is that the reason that you had him here to stay? Because you knew it would cause trouble between me and Sam. I had him here because he offered to pay me good money for the room. And I was sick of sweating and slaving on the farm for every penny I got. And right glad I was of the chance of getting some easy. <laughs> what a pleasant domestic <laughs> Mother and daughter exchanging a few home <laughs> You devil, you devil. You see what you've done? It's something, but perhaps you could reveal some hidden meanings to this pretty scene. Look at her. Is she the same woman that you saw when you first came here? Not exactly. But I can't say that the change isn't for the better. Can't you? Do you think she's better in them clothes and that hat and her face all painted and powdered? Oh, how can you? How can you? Why did you want to come and bring such sorrow onto us? What can you want? We're making a fool out of her. I have my own peculiar methods of enjoyment. I haven't never hated anyone in all my life before. But I hate you so much that I could take this knife and stick it into that black heart of yours. So true as heaven's above, I could. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it, I say. and beg my pardon and say you're sorry. I won't. I'm not sorry. I wish I'd killed you. I'm very strong. I can break this wrist of yours. I shouldn't like to have to do it, but I will. Oh, let her go. Let her go. Don't do that. Get out of my way, you rattle fool. And now, my pretty little vixen... Will you get down on your knees and do as I say? No. No, I won't. I hate you. That's better. (laughs) Now we're getting to it. Down you go. Both knees. Now, your head on the ground. Right down until it touches my boots. No. And one twist more, and that should be enough. Ah, I thought it would be. Now say you're sorry, and I'll let you go. I'm, I'm sorry. 
You're a nice, kind gentleman, and I'm grateful for what you've done for Mother and myself. You're a nice, kind gentleman, and I, I'm grateful for what you've done. Oh, let me go. I can't stand the pain. Now, say the rest of it. Come on, say the rest of it for Mother and myself. Mother and myself. <laughs> That's right. Now I'll let you go and you couldn't get up. I'm sorry. Don't touch me. Don't touch me. You're as bad as him. I never want to see either of you as long as I live. I'm sorry. Where are you going? Let her go. Let her go. She can't go far. She hasn't either clothes or money. Oh, how could you do it to her? She's right. You are a fiend. Oh, how could I ever have had anything to do with you? Because you're a contemptible, money-grabbing, unscrupulous hag. Where are you going? To pack my things. I've had enough of simple village life. You and your charming, though regrettably straight-laced daughter have begun to bore me. You can't. You can't just go off and leave me like this. What gave you the idea that I'd do anything else? Admit it may be a little unpleasant for you. After all, I imagine that your neighbors must have a very fair idea as to the source of your sudden prosperity. But that will pass, along with the prosperity. You... Oh, you tried to stab me, would you? Allow me, my dear. Good. I'm glad I didn't have to use the same harsh methods I was forced to adopt about Terza. And now, while I think of it, I believe I'll have that ruby ring off your finger. It belonged to my father. Can't imagine what made me give it to you. Well, you've got your ring. Now get out of this house. At once. As soon as I've got my things, with the greatest of pleasure. I'm telling you, if it hadn't have been for Billy Peddler, who was coming home from market and heard the goings on, he got off his horse and went to take a peep through the window, and he seen I'd fair tear the ring from off her hand. I was wondering how you knew so much. <laughs> there ain't much as Mrs. Meeser, I can tell you that. So it seems. 
Speaking of finger rings, that'd be a right queer one you're wearing now. Hey, if you'll excuse me for remarking on it. Yes, uh, yes, it is rather unusual. Uh, it belonged to my father. Oh, did it now? I had a thought run through my head when I seen it, but uh, I must have been mistaken. Why, what did you think? Well, Billy Pedler told me about the ring that I'd took off the widow Cole's hand. He'd seen her wearing it afore, you know, and I'd have sworn it were the same as you be wearing now. Yes, you're, you're quite right. Uh, I did wear it. I, uh, I'd lent it to him for a while. Oh, and he were a friend of yours. Well, not exactly a friend, but I had a good deal to do with him. In a way... I was responsible for him. Uh, that's why I've come down here now to try and see what can be done to make up for what he did. It'll take more than the power of mortal man to undo what I did. Oh, but I can do something, surely. Thurs are still alive, and, and young Sam... Well, he... I may be living, but there's a sight of bitterness and suffering that can't be wiped away. Maybe you don't know the full story. Then tell me. I know Hyde's side of it, but I'd like to hear another. Well, as I was saying, after Hyde had forced her to her knees afore him and made her beg his pardon, poor young Thurzer run out of the house and down the road like one demented. She was smarting from the blows her mar had fetched her. And then there was the time she took the knife to Hyde. Well, she was sobbing and crying to herself as she run out of the place and didn't seem to rightly know what she were at. Billy Pedler called to her, but she never heeded him nor stopped until she came to young Sam's place and banged on the door. Sam! Sam, let me in! Further. Lord of mercy, lass, what become of here? Oh, Sam, Sam. Oh, hush now. Calm yourself and tell us what it's all about. Here, let me dry your eyes. Lord Savers, what's this on your face? Did someone strike you? Mother, she beat me, Sam, something cruel. And why? Because I took to her about the way she's going on. I couldn't stand it any longer, Sam, and that's the truth. Oh, it's very shamed I be. And she struck you. With a pot stick. I'd be black and blue. Oh, I can see your face, poor lass. Come, <laughs> let me bathe that cut above your eye and, and fetch you some to drink. No, no, I couldn't touch a thing. Oh, just a drink of milk or maybe some tea to help to calm you. <laughs> Come now, that's a good lass. Hester and father be sitting in the kitchen. We'll go into them and tell them what it is that's happened to you. No, no. I shouldn't have come. I should have hidden me shame. What does your father say when he hears about it? Don't you take no notice of him. He's an old man with a bitter tongue. It's me you've got to take heed of, and I'll say you did right to come here. Where else should you go? I hadn't nowhere else. Since, since mothers took to carrying on so brazen, there ain't hardly no one that'll speak to me. Oh, we'll change all that. You and me'll be wed. And I'd like to see the man or woman that scorn my wife. Come along now, don't be afeard. We'll tell the old man, and I'll not stand for any of his goings on where you're in concern. Oh. What? What's the matter, lass? 
My wrist. You took my wrist. Has your wrist been hurt, too? Let me look at it. Oh. How come you by this? Where'd you get these bruises and these finger marks? Oh, Sammy, it were him. He all but broke it. Him? Do you mean Hyde? Fair mad I were. I can't tell you about it, but I tried to kill him, Sam. I tried to drive a knife into him. I, I hated him that much. Lord have mercy. And he did this to you. He grabbed me by the wrist and made me drop the knife. And then he forced me down on my knees and made me beg his pardon and, and thank him for his kindness to Mother. By crikey, I'll choke the cur for this. Who's there, Sam? If be thirst her father, she's in trouble. Bring her here, then. Come along, lass. Dry your tears. Hester will take care of you. And I'll be off to deal with Hyde. Oh, look out for him, Sam. He'd do anything. He'll not do what he's done to you and get clear of it. Come, here's the kitchen. Go ye in and bide with Hester. Why, sir, it is a long time since she last come here. Saints alive, what's happened to you? Fetch some water and a piece of clean rag, Hester. Thurs is in no state to be worried. It's help she needs. What's the meaning of it? Why did she come by the bruiser's neck cut on her cheek? She had trouble with her mother. Her mother, man. Why did she come here? Well, where else should she go? Well, stick in her own place. Not go dragging Deaton folks into the shame and disgrace they're not responsible for. Father, shame on you to speak to Thurs or so. It's all right. I shouldn't have came. I'm sorry. I'll go. Thurzor. You stop where you are. No, Sam, I'll go. Not while I'm here. You won't. Send her away in a pass. Would you let her go back to that house? Would you see what's been done to her? What's that going to do with me? It's got a lot to do with me. Thurzor's my last. And I'll not stand by and see her treated ill. Not by you nor anybody else. And it's the worst for you. Because I won't have one of her kind in my house so long as I'm master of it. One of her kind? What do you mean? It's an ill bird that'll come out of that nest. Her father would have wasted and a drunkard. And her mother? Ha! Well, let's say no more of her. Oh, stop it, stop. I never should have come here. And I'll go. You go after her, Sam, and fetch her back. If he does, I'll slam the door in both their faces. I'll take a charge on that. I'm gone for further. Father, Bench, you're ashamed of yourself. Speaking to the poor lass like that and her in such a past. But who brought her to it? Is it her fault? Was she ever offered a decent, right-living, respectable girl, no matter what her mother might have done? There's bad blood in that brood. Now, and now it in mind. You've never wanted Sam to marry her, and this suits your pride. It proves what I say. There's bad blood, and it'll show even though you wait till you're 40, like the widow Cole. And if Thurzor ever comes to any wrong, it'll be you who helped to drive her there. Well, what's that you say? She's in mortal trouble, and you've driven her out, and you call yourself a Christian. You shut your mouth down! I have no time to mind talk to me that way. And I'll not stand by and see a poor lass driven out when she's so sorry in need of help. You can get your own supper. I'm going off to help Sam find her and to bring her back. Well, that was the beginning of the old man's sickness. When they come back, they found him lying on the floor of his kitchen. And it were days afore he spoke, and he hasn't never set foot to the ground from that day to this. 
Oh, it were a black time all round that night, and all of it on account of that devil hide. Tell me, didn't you say as Esther were coming down to see you sometime this evening? Yes. She promised she would when I was out at their place today. Well, she be coming now. Get her to tell you what happened that night out on the moors. She and Sam were there. She can tell you firsthand, which is more than I can do. I wonder, will she? Ask her. No, I'll go out of here and leave the two of you alone. It'll be easier for her that way. Well, good night, dear, and thank you kindly for the batty and the ale. Thank you for telling me so much. I'm very indebted to you. To me? <laughs> for gossiping? <laughs> I must tell me daughter that. <laughs> I doubt if she'll believe it, though. <laughs> good night, sir. Good night, Jeremy. Good night. I want you to believe that I'd do anything in my power to set the rights, the wrongs you and your brother and Thurza have suffered at the hands of Hyde. The blackest day in my whole life was when I first set eyes on his hideous form and face. Did you ever see the like of it? It fair made my blood run cold. Oh, how could Thurza's mother... Oh, well, that's all past and gone now. She's dead this three years past, and all her follies wear. Dead? Aye. She caught a chill that wild night we were searching on the moors for Thursa. Soaked to the bone she were, and not we could do would make her come inside to cease to search. She were ill a long time after that, and never rightly got over it. And where was Thursa found? At the bottom of one of the old tin workings. She'd been there two days before Sam caught a glimpse of her. But how did she get there? The night were awful wild. I guess she didn't rightly know what she were about and stumbled as she ran along. She tried to save herself, poor lass, and hung on to a bit of a bush as she slipped down the side. That's how Sam got track of her. He seed it where it had pulled out by the roots, and he climbed down to look. But... She wasn't killed. Not killed, but mortal hurt. Her back it were. She's lay like a log ever since. And Sam went off to South Africa. He never forgave his father for driving her out that night. And never a word has he spoken to him since. It's all but broke poor father's heart. He'd be a hard man, but Sam were his only son... And the light of his eyes. Well, there's something I can do. I can bring Sam back from South Africa and give your father back his son. Aye, but what about poor Thursa? I'm a doctor, a surgeon. I've done many things to help people who've been crippled. I can't say till I've seen her, but it may be possible. To make her well again? Don't hope for too much. But perhaps I can do something. I'd go down on my knees and give thanks every day of my life if you could do something for Sam. It were that that drove him off to South Africa as much as anything. He was set on marrying her, cripple or no cripple. And when she wouldn't hear of it, he couldn't stick the place no more. Very well, then. That is my task. I must bring your brother back and give him further. Well and strong again. 
Are you serious? How can such a thing be done? They do say it were her spine that got hurt. It were a terrible fall she had, right down to the bottom of the old tin warden. Have any really good doctors seen her? Just the best we had in Bodmin. Bodmin's a very pretty little town, but I don't suppose it boasts anything very outstanding in the way of a bone specialist. Oh, no. There ain't no one there at all, as you could rightly call a specialist. Just Dr. Lethbridge. And him not so young, neither. Then that gives me fresh hope. I have a friend in London who's performed miracles on people who've been thought to be crippled for life. When do you think I could see her? Well, she'd be living where I am about nine miles from here. Maybe you could hire a landlord's horse and trap and drive across. Will you come with me? Nay, I couldn't be leaving father for so long. He's asleep now or I'd never have got away as it is. But do you think she'd talk to me and let me examine her if she hadn't you to tell her I was a friend? Why, for sure. She's only got to look at your face for one thing. Is it a face that you would trust, Hester? It's a face the like of which I've never seen afore. Like a picture I once seen somewhere. When I were a little child. So kind. So sad. So... So beautiful. Thank you, Hester, my dear. Thank you. You can't possibly know what it means to hear that from you. Why from me? You have known Hyde. Hyde? What has he got to do with ye? Don't speak of him. Just let me forget. Very well, then. I'll not mention him again. And now, if you'd like to go back to your father, I'll walk along the road with you. That'd be right kindly, but there bayn't any need. It's bright moonlight, and I ain't far to go. But I feel the need of a little walk. It's rather stuffy in this little room with such a big fire. That's if you don't mind my coming with you. Of course I don't. I'd be glad of your company. Let's go, then. I'll just put on this coat and scarf. By the way, I I think I'd rather you didn't say anything to the people in the village about my trying to get Thurza cured and Sam brought back from South Africa. You can rely on me. I'll keep mum and no mistake. Good. Shall we go, then? I want you to trust me. I've come all the way from London to try and help you, but without your assistance, I... Well, I can't do anything. Why should you be troubling yourself about me, Dr. Jekyll? Well, that's a question I can't answer. But does it really matter? I've heard your story. In a curious way, I'm compelled to hold myself responsible for things that I did. I want to try and put them right. Isn't that enough? Responsible for Hyde... Then I pity you. Give a load of guilt laid on your soul. That'll wear to the ground. Yes, I know. Someone once said those words to me a long time ago. No one but myself knows how true they are. I'm sorry. I never meant to hurt you. Please don't look that way. You make me feel fair shamed of myself. So kind you are and me talking to you like that. Then you'll let me do what I can for you. If I've been ungrateful, it's because I daren't let myself have hope. 
You kind of dream what it's like to lie here year after year with nothing to hope for but dying. Now, that's all past. I feel sure that something can be done for you. If you'll let me look at your back and see where the injury was. How did it happen? Did you lose your way and stumble into the old mine? No, I did not lose my way. I knew where I were right enough. Then what happened? Uh, do you remember very much? Why shouldn't I? Is it like that I forget? No. No, I suppose not. But I was just interested to know if the fall had caused you to forget any of the things that, that happened just before the accident. It uh, sometimes does, you know. I remember everything. At night when I lie here in the dark, I can even see his face and hear his voice. You mean hides? You didn't suspect that he were there, did you? I told no one. What were the use he'd gone? No one had seen Hyde nor hair of him after that night. And some poor lad, he were nigh out of his mind as it were. He blamed Hyde for what had happened. And wasn't it because of him? If he'd never set foot in Marston Bridge, me and Sam would have been wed this three year past. And poor mother. Oh, well, let her rest in peace. And you've kept this secret all this time. I... But you shouldn't. It's bad for you. You say you see his face and hear his voice when you lie here in the dark. Aye, clear as can be it is. I can hear the wind blowing and feel a bit of rain in my face. And I'm stumbling across the moors, not heeding where I'm going. Half mad with hurt and sorrow. How long I wanted there, I've no way of knowing. They told me afterwards that they were searching for me with lanterns. But I never seen them. And all at once, as I came along the little path near the top of the mine shaft, I seen someone standing afore me. They'll give me a turn, it did. Who be you? Is it further? Well, well. What are you doing out here alone? Hide. What be you doing here? I'm on my way to the nearest railway station. I have a kind of idea I'm not very welcome at Marston Bridge much longer. Welcome? You were never welcome. You were hated from the first moment you set foot on the place. You're thinking of Sam's dog? That and all the other things you did. You'll be hated round this place so long as any of us remains alive to remember you. Come, come. Is it so bad as that? Won't your mother think a little kindly of me sometimes? How can you mock at her like that? Haven't you done enough without laughing at our shame? My dear child, you take these things too hard. That's what comes of living in a little place like Marston Bridge. If you were in London, for instance... But I'm not. I'm in Marston Bridge. And I've got to live there the rest of my life and suffer the punishment that you've brought on us. What punishment will you have to suffer? I were turned out at Sam's house this very night. <laughs> you were? That's splendid. <laughs> I never hoped for anything so good as that. <laughs> good? Is that what you call good? Broken hearts and broken lives. Have you no pity, no mercy at all in that heart of yours? <laughs> pity <laughs> and mercy, not a grain of it. Don't you know what I am? I'm evil, pure evil. Never before in the entire history of man has there ever been another creature like myself. <laughs> Hell itself has nothing to rival me. You're mad. 
I can tell it. It's too dark to see your face, but I can guess the way it looks. It's not a pleasant face, is it? No one likes my face. I love to see the way they shudder and turn sick. <laughs> How would you like to have it close to yours, my dear? How would you like to feel my cheek against yours? Don't stop it! Get away from me! Won't hit me back! Not till you've given me a kiss. Mother, I really wanted? No, no, it was you. You beast, you fiend. Let go of me. I'd die before I... Oh, no, you wouldn't. Life is very sweet, my child, and what's a kiss? Soon over, and you'll find it's not so bad. Come now, be sensible. Never, never, if you knew the way I hate you. Then I'll take it for myself. I'd have let you off lightly if you'd been civil. Now you'll pay dearly for the things you've said. No. No, I will not. No, you won't. You little and sink your teeth into me, would you? Oh. So you got away. Look out. Where are you going? Mind the edge of the cutting. Mind the... here, Ted. Badges onto something here. He'd never bark that way for nothing. Where are we? By the edge of the old tin workings. Lord of mercy, don't say it. Look, what's up? See, that little bush there, almost torn out by the roof. I wish it. Mightn't have someone had grabbed it. Oh, look, there's a piece of something flapping in the wing. It's a bit of cloth. Her dress, she's here. Oh, she's fallen down the shop. Here, wait a minute, Sam. You're never going down there like but that. she's down there. Thurs is down there. You must have ropes, man, and more like his suicide to go without. Do you think that I can stop here and her down there? Hold him. Yeah. You're only doing down it. Down steady, lad. Oh. Us knows the way you feel, but there'd be no use in two of you going down head first into yon shaft. Oh, she might be dead. There's water down there. Oh, wait a minute. There's her. Thurser, can you hear me? Thurser, it's she. She's answered. We're coming, lass. We're coming down for you. You go for ropes. You go for ropes, Ted and Billy. I'll wait here. I'll stop here and call from time to time. It'll give her heart to wait. And hurry, hurry! Keep your courage, lass. As soon as we have ropes and lanterns, we'll get you up. It won't be long. I promise you, it won't be long. In my heart. And by and by I see them coming down the cutting. 
when they got to me and started to carry me up to the top. I don't remember anymore. The pain must have been terrible. It were worse nor anything I ever dreamed a body could endure. There might be more pain for you, Thurza, before you get well again. I'd like to tear me limb from limb if I could walk again and be like other folks. Then there is something I've got to do. You shall walk through Marston Bridge and back to your own home, and then perhaps you'll not lie in the dark anymore and see the face of Edward Hyde. I've reserved a special carriage on the train. Your whole bed will be lifted into it so that you can go up to London without ever having to move. Even if you never do aught else for me, Doctor, I'll never forget how kind you've been and what a change you've made in life for me. You just wait till I've finished. I haven't started yet. As soon as you get to London, I'm going to have you taken to a private nursing home. And then we'll get the best specialist in England to have a look at you. Won't you be looking after me? Of course I will, but I'll need help. There are plenty of things that I don't know. I'd rather have you than anybody else, no matter how much they know. You wait till Sir Humphrey sees you. You'll like him. He operated on the little Duke of Cumberland after he was thrown off his horse. They thought he'd never walk again, but a little while ago, I saw him playing football. True? Be that true? As true as you're going to get up off that bed of yours and walk across the room to me inside six months. I do seem too wonderful to even think about... And me thinking I'd be lying here, stuck in this little room for the rest of me days. Instead of which, you're going up to London, and you're going to start life all over again. Oh, what's this? Not tears? Oh, why should you do all this for me? Will you do something for me? Anything. Anything in all the world. Well, get well and strong. Nothing you can ever do will mean so much to me as that. Will you promise? I promise. Come along, then. Put your arms around my neck. I'm going to carry you out of the carriage, outside, and then they'll come and get your bed and take it down to the station. Are you ready? Aye, that I be. Hold hard, then. Don't be afraid. I'll not let you fall. I'd not be afraid of anything with you. patient today. Much the same, Doctor. Sir Humphrey's just having a look at her now. Would you care to go along? No. Uh, I'll see him after he's finished. Uh, has she been out in the garden today? Yes, she had about three hours in the sun. Make any attempt to walk? Two of the nurses supported her. But no success by herself? None at all. Strange. Ah, here's Sir Humphrey. Uh, I'll see what he has to say. Hello, you gentlemen. I got here a little early. Hope you don't mind my going ahead and seeing Miss Cole? Not at all. I'm glad I wasn't there in a way. I, I'm anxious to hear what you think. Well, to be quite frank, I'm a little at a loss. There's no reason at all why she shouldn't have begun to use her legs ages ago. After all, there was no fracture, just a severe dislocation of the spine. Uh, when once we get that right... Uh, yes, I know. Of course, uh, there was a certain amount of atrophy of the muscles from this use... If only that fellow down in... Uh, where was it he lived? Uh, Bodmin? Uh, that's right, uh, Bodmin. Well, if he'd had the sense to really find out what was the matter with her, uh, she'd have been on her feet years ago. 
So uh, what are we going to do? Oh, just persevere. She's got an idea. She's going to fall. Now, if we could only get her walking without thinking about it... Uh, you think she'd be all right? Oh, of course she would. Physically, there's not a thing the matter. Uh, all right. I think I've got an idea. Would you care to stay for a while and see? Uh, see what? If we can get her to walk without thinking of it. Oh, how are you going to do that? That's my secret. Is she back in her room? Uh, yes. They brought her inside uh, to let me examine her. Good. Uh, well, let's go and see what we can do. Uh, yeah, uh, by the way, I was reading an article of yours in an old science magazine. Uh, ever do any chemical research these days? I want you to walk across this room. Oh, I'll fall. I know I'll fall. Oh, not you. I got Sir Humphrey to come along, especially to tell you that there's not a thing the matter with you. Then why can't I move my legs? Uh, you only think you can't. Am I as daft as all that? <laughs> you're not daft at all. You're just frightened. What about? That you're going to fall. Now you're going to stand up and I'm going to take away those crutches like this. Oh, no. Ah, oh. now, 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 now. You must trust me, Thursa. And when I tell you there's nothing the matter, I mean it. Don't you remember how you promised me you'd do anything in the world for me? Aye, and I would, too. Then you've got to let me take your crutches and try to stand on your feet by yourself. Now, will you do that much? I, I, I'll try. Good girl. Now we'll do it. Now, are you ready? Aye. First one. Oh. Then the other. Steady. Aye. Steady now. Oh, oh. <coughs> Steady now. What's all the fuss about, Thursa? Oh, where did you come from? Oh, Sam, be it really you. I don't know who else would be hugging you and kissing you like this. Why? Why, I walked. I walked. Of course you did. Didn't Dr. Jekyll tell you to? Dr. Jekyll? Why, he's gone. Gone? Well, so he has. And the other one, too. Can you beat that now? Perhaps they guessed we'd like to be alone. Oh, how did you get here? Where did you come from, Sam? I got in yesterday by boat all the way from South Africa. And why did no one tell me you were coming back? Oh, that was part of his plan for curing you. He knew that there had to be someone to take your mind off yourself so that you'd walk without thinking about it. Oh, Sam, it's like a miracle to have you back and... And to find that I can walk. Oh, Thursa, steady now. Hang on to me. Perhaps you'd better not be too flash with standing up at first. Oh. Let me pick you up and carry you back to your chair. Nay, nay, let me walk. He said that there were nothing wrong with me. I want to prove that he were right. He said I'd walk through Marston Bridge back to me own home and that I'd not lie in the dark no more. And see the face I had would hide. He were right, lads. He were right. Y'all walk through Marston Bridge to your own home, and I'll go with you till the day I die. Margaret. 
Margaret, you of all people, where did you come from? I'm just up in London for a few days to do some shopping. I caught sight of you as you passed, and, and well, I ran after you, Henry. I'm awfully glad you did. Come and sit down in this little park and tell me all about yourself. Where have you been all this time? I went abroad for a while, and then I came back and went down to stay with Sir Robert and Lady Fairley. That's where I am now. You're not making your home there permanently. What do you mean, Henry? Do I have to say? You mean John? Yes, John. I thought I'd steeled myself against hearing you say things like that. But they still hurt, I'm afraid. Why? Because I want you to be happy. That you can hope to hear me say I'm going to marry another man. Sometimes I wonder, did you ever love me at all? Oh, Margaret. I know, I know. But if only you'd tell me why you won't marry me. If I had something positive to go on, it'd be easier. But you've given me nothing but hints and, and evasions. Is it not enough, my dear, that I must renounce you forever? Must I also make you hate me before your consent to find happiness with someone else? How can I do that? Could you? You mean find happiness with someone else? Yes. You and I grew together through the years, Henry. I never realized how close we were until I've been trying to forget you during the past three months. You must forget. Don't you understand? You must. I can't. I can't. That's what I came up to London for. Oh, I pretended I wanted to do some shopping. That wasn't so. I came to see you. I had to see you. But you mustn't. You mustn't. You don't... You don't understand. You... You don't know what you're saying. I know there'll never be anybody else for me. No matter what you've done... Or what you are. Oh, Margaret. Margaret. If you could only understand. I... You don't understand. I know I don't. I'll never understand what it is that came over you. Why you suddenly changed when my father was... Don't say it. Henry. Don't say it. Don't, don't look like that. You... You haven't still got that terrible thought... But you were responsible for what happened. I had allowed myself to forget. To forget for a little while. I'm glad that you reminded me. Oh, Henry, what do you mean? What is this mad obsession that you've got? I was talking to Hugh Lanyon. He was telling me that, that you're trying to find all the people that Hyde has injured and... And to put things right for them. You had no right. You had every right. He's your friend and I'm... I'm the woman you love. Can't we know the secrets of your life? No. Never. No one shall... Shall ever know that. Henry. My darling. Why do you shut me out? You look so haggard and, and so worn. Oh, and it's all so needless. Why must you torture me? 
Haven't I told you that there could be nothing more between us? But why? Why? Because I no longer love you. What? What did you say? Henry, it's not true. Not that. Oh, anything but that. What else can it be? I've tried to spare you, but you forced me to it. You mean... You mean... There's someone else? Yes. There's someone else. Oh, no, no. I'm sorry. I should have understood before. It was stupid of me. I'll go now. No, no, don't bother to get up. I'll just walk down that path and out through the gate. It's best to do it that way. Goodbye. I hope that you'll be very happy. There's something the matter. Why, you're crying, Margaret. Just let me go. There's nothing you can do. Are you quite sure? Let me find you a cab or something. I can't leave you like this. Won't you tell me what's happened? It's... Oh, I'm so ashamed of myself crying in the street. Everybody's turning to look at oh, me. Oh, forget about that. You just tell me what's the matter. You've got me very worried. There's nothing to worry about. Just that I met Henry, and it rather upset me. Oh, you, I'm so glad it's you I met. You're so, so comforting. Well, I'm jolly glad of that. Because you look as though you're in need of a little comfort. Why, look, here's a little tea shop. How would you like to go in there for a while? Looks nice and cozy. You can sit there and tell me all about it. All right. Let's go, then. <laughs> Good girl. Now, what do you have? Tea and buns? Oh, tea and anything. Just so long as I can sit here for a while and and get control of myself. Oh, you'll do that all right. Come along now. Tell me all about it. I... Oh, it's silly of me. I suppose I should have known. But it's the one thing I never dreamed of. What is? That... That Henry should have fallen in love with someone else. That's it. Who told you this? He did. Uh, I've just left him. We've been sitting in those little gardens at the end of the street. If anybody had told me but you, Margaret, I, I'd said I was dreaming. Then you don't know anything about it? Absolutely nothing. He's never said anything to you? Well, I, I knew he had some strange sort of idea after his illness about not getting married. Yes, I know that. We had a long talk about three months ago. He told me then that he felt he had no right to marry me or, or any other woman. He spoke as if there was some sort of, of blight on him, as though some terrible thing had happened that set him apart from all other men. But I thought he'd got over that. He's been tons better lately. 
had one or two remarkable successes in his work, and that seemed to do him no end of good. Yes, he is looking better. But perhaps that isn't only due to his work. What do you mean? Well, if there's this other woman... Oh, I can't believe it. Then why would he say it? Goodness only knows. I've been Henry's best friend for a long time now. I've given up asking why about him. Ah, here's our tea. Good, sane, honest tea. Have a cup or two of that, and then you can tell me the rest of the story. I think you know most of it, Hugh. Ever since we've been children, Henry and I seem to accept the fact that one day we'd be married. Perhaps I was wrong. I might have thought he cared for me, and all the while... Nonsense. I know how Henry thought about you. There's never been anyone else. I don't believe there ever can be. Then who is this other woman he's talking about? I don't know. But the first chance I get, I'll ask him. No, no, please don't. Yes, I will. I can't see you going around with so much unhappiness in your eyes and not do something about it. I don't think you'll be able to do much about it, Hugh. Confound the fellow. I'd like to wring his neck. Dear old Hugh. Drink your tea while it's hot and tell me all about yourself and Nancy. When are you going to be married? At least let me enjoy the thought of your happiness. Well, all being well, we plan to take the plunge in about a fortnight. So soon? Of course. I'm forgetting that I've been away for ages. Where are you going for your honeymoon? Nowhere, Reginald. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're going walking to the lake country. It should be marvelous up there now. But anywhere it should be marvelous. On a honeymoon. Boy, sir. I'm sorry. What a clumsy ass I am. What do I want to go talking about that for? You didn't. I asked you. I'm the one who's the fool, Hugh. Henry made things perfectly clear to me ages ago. I deliberately sought him out today and, and forced him to tell me what he did. It serves me right. I should have had more pride. Oh, pride be hanged. I admire you for doing it. Must have taken a lot of courage. Not one woman in a thousand would have done it. That's nice of you. I feel I need a little of that sort of thing. My vanity's had rather a bad time, you know. Vanity, nothing. If Henry's mad enough to prefer someone else to you, that's just his bad judgment. I wonder who on earth she can be. I don't know. But I'll find out just as soon as ever I can. Oh, he was here about five minutes ago. I think I heard him say something about checking through some lists of supplies that came in from the drugstore. Oh, probably in the dispensary. I'll have a look. Have things been busy today? Busy? Oh, that's not the word for it. Forty-two cases in the outpatient department alone. Maybe feel ashamed it wasn't here to lend a hand. But I met an old friend and stayed talking. Oh, that, that must have been nice. Wasn't a bit nice. A very rare and splendid person. Just taken a particularly bad knock. Sometimes human souls need little attention as much as human bodies, Peters, my dear. I'm sorry. Oh, don't apologize. I know what you must have been thinking. You look terribly tired. Can't you finish up and go home? There's a good hour's more work to be got through here, and 
And then at least half a dozen people to be visited before I get home. Uh, Henry and I flatter ourselves we do most of the hard work around this clinic. But if we didn't have you to carry on, where we left off... Now listen, none of your blarney, Dr. Lanyon. Save that for Nancy. <laughs> oh, by the way, she left a message for you. She couldn't wait till you got back, as she had to go and have some dresses fitted. She wants you to meet her at Marble Arch at five o'clock. Oh, I'd have to hurry then. Oh, don't go without seeing Dr. Jekyll. I know he wants to discuss something with you. Good old Peter. You forget nothing, there. Yes. And that's what I get for it. Good old Peters. Why, Peters, dear, what's the matter? What do you think's the matter? Just because I work here like a cart horse doesn't mean that I've got no further ambitions than a load of straw. Ambitions? <laughs> of course, I know there's neither honor nor glory here. That's not what I mean. I'm not talking about material things. What is it, then? Oh, I suppose I'm a stupid old maid, but somehow the sight of Nancy going off this afternoon to have a wedding dress tried on, looking so happy and so pretty, and me left here to dress leg ulcers and carbuncles. Peter, darling. Oh, don't take any notice of me. I'm sorry. I'll get over it. I'm, I'm tired, I suppose. Of course you're tired. You'll have to have a holiday. I'll speak to Henry about it. Don't you dare. Don't you ever dare mention what I've just said to you or I'll walk out of this place and I'll never come back again. Well, I'll be... Hello there. I say, what have you been saying to Peters? I met her running along the passage as though old Nick were after her. It's what she's been saying to me, rather. But she doesn't want that discussed, so let's forget it. All right. By the way, where have you been? Uh, we need you rather badly down here this afternoon. I was talking to Margaret. Margaret? Where did you meet her? Not far from the place where she'd been talking to you. Henry, what's at the bottom of this breach between you two? I told you. I told you months ago. You were a sick man then. You made you believe there might have been some reason for your not getting married. But those weren't the reasons you gave Margaret this afternoon. What do you mean? Did she? She told me everything. Henry, old man, it, it isn't true, is it? What are you talking about? There isn't any other woman, is there? How do you know? Because I know how you feel about her. Don't think I haven't seen the look on your face when anybody mentions her name. There's no one else in the world for you but her. And I told her so. You what? I told her so. I suppose you had some sort of reason for telling her different. I had some sort of reason. Of course I had you, blundering idiot. How dare you interfere in my private affairs? If I told her one thing, what right had you to say anything different? Henry, I'm... I'm awfully sorry. I should think you would be. Do you think I did it lightly without knowing all the consequences? But now you come along and undo all that I've done. She was so unhappy. Well, what if she was? Isn't it better to know the truth and live in a fool's paradise? Then it is the truth? Yes. Yes, the truth. Then I can only apologize all over again. I feel that... No, I can't tell you how I feel. That's all right. You meant well. I know that. And, of course, you... You weren't expected to know. The longer I know you, Henry, old man, the less I seem to understand. I know, but bear with me. Bear with me. 
You don't understand the position I'm in. If I were to lose your friendship... Oh, you'll never do that. I know, Henry. Can I say just one thing more? Go ahead. Are you going to be happy this time? I mean, um, are you going to be married? Why do you ask that? I've got two reasons. One of them is that I think it would be very good for you. The other is Margaret. Why, what do you mean? I think, uh, if you'll forgive me for saying so, if you were married to somebody else, she might possibly find happiness with John Fairley. You think so? I don't think she will as long as there's a hope for you. Yes, I... I think you're right, Al. I'll ask the lady if she'll marry me. I'll do it right away. Do I know her? Very well. Very well indeed. Uh, excuse me, Doctor, but I find I can get away sooner than I expected. Oh. Do you mind if I go now? Uh, come in, Nurse Peters, and shut the door. Okay. I've got something to say to you. I told you that you knew her, Hugh. Well, here she is. What? What are you talking about? You, my dear. Dr. Lanyon has been chiding me with my bad behavior, Nurse Peters. I have the honor to ask you to, to be my wife. Oh, how, how could you? It's not fair. Why, what do you mean, Peter? How dare you make fun of me? Fun? I was never more serious in my life. What? You... You mean it? You don't think I'd say such a thing unless I did, do you? Why, I... Uh, uh, look here, I... I'd better go. Yes, perhaps you had you. I'll see you tomorrow. Uh, thanks for everything. Uh, nonsense. Good luck. Thanks, I need it. Goodbye. Now, Peter, my dear, let's sit down and talk for a while. Oh, now, come. Don't look at me like that. I... I can't help it. I just can't believe you're serious. Oh, how am I going to convince you? Uh, why did you ask me like that? Yes, it was wrong of me, I'll admit. I... Well, let me do it all over again. Now, sit here beside me and give me your hand. Why, it's cold and trembling. And you're turning your face away. Now, don't tell me you're going to cry. All right, I'll spare you that. They they might be tears of joy, you know. Might they? Do you really care for me so much, then? I think you know the way I feel. Then would you put up with me? Why are you doing this? You haven't changed. I've been working with you for years now. I know just the way you feel towards me, and 
It isn't love. Might it not be a great need of you, my dear? Need of me? A plain, dull, unexciting nobody and and you with all you've got. I'm the most poverty-stricken being in the world, if, if you only knew it. You are? Yes. You imagine that I'm a person to be envied with my fine home and big income. I tell you that I'm the most unhappy and desolate of beings. Why didn't you tell me? My troubles have been of my own making. It didn't seem right to burden another person with them. But don't you know that I've longed to do things for you, anything, so long as it meant being with you? You make me feel very ashamed of myself. And unworthy, Peter, dear. It's only the dregs of a life I'm offering you. To someone who's been starving as long as I have. I warn you, there may be things that you cannot even dream of. Things I can never even tell you about. I've loved you for years without knowing a single thing about you. But supposing I were to tell you that there are chapters in my life that I daren't let a single human creature know about. Not even the woman I marry. Are they past? Are they over and done with? Forever and ever. So help me, God. Then I'll ask nothing about what's no concern of mine. What strange and wonderful and terrible creatures you women are. You'll follow the path of your desire, no matter what pit it may lead you to. Oh, thank heaven for it. We men would be sorry things if we lost you through our sins. I'll try and not make you regret this, my dear. Isn't it more likely that you'll regret? Oh, why should I? Because you still love Margaret Utterson. Oh, that's not so. Oh, yes, it is. Don't think that I'm reproaching you. I know that things are over between you. But you haven't forgotten her. And never will. Don't look like that. I understand. I don't hope to take her place. But the fact that there's room for me in your life as well is more than I'd ever hoped for. Oh, Helen, my dear. What can I say to you? You're the finest. The truest person I've ever known. If you will do me the great honor to marry me, you'll give me a happiness I never hoped to deserve. I'll marry you, Henry. And whatever this black thing is that you've got in the background of your life, I'll help you fight it. And if I don't succeed, if it gets too strong for me, I'll still love you. No matter what you've done or what you may become. Take this woman, Nancy, to be your wedded wife, to love and to cherish in sickness and in health, for better or for worse, till death do you part. I do. And Nancy, Ruth, do you take this man, Hugh William, to be your husband? Going to blow his whistle. Oh, Secretary 
hand, Henry. A man can't be allowed to Mr. Trevor sitting off on his honeymoon. Did you get Nancy? I'll throw in the bags. Where the beans is that water? You are sure you can a bit fine. I've got to walk the traffic jam. Oh, Lord, where's my wallet? Don't tell come without any money. That's mine, you idiot. Oh, here it is, here it is. Well, thank goodness I'm dead. That's great. Never live it down. Nancy, I hope you're putting some warm clothes. It might get cold out at the lake. Of course she has. Sure, Verity, didn't you, darling? Hurry, we're off. Just beginning for them. What should we do now? I should go and see Mrs. Wilkins and, and take some soup to Emmy Ryan. And, and, I, and I should attend the meeting of the hospital board. But we're neither of us going to do the things we ought to do. We're going to have dinner somewhere and enjoy ourselves instead. Are we? Well, don't you think it's time we did something of the sort? <sighs> when did you go out on a celebration? I... I can't remember. Then we'll make this one you'll remember for the rest of your life. And there's another thing we've got to do. What's that? Well, you've been engaged to me for almost two weeks now, and you're not yet wearing a ring. Uh, there's a shop in Bond Street that I have in mind, and I... Oh, Henry. Uh, would you like to go now? It's only four o'clock. Like to? Well, come along, then. We'll take this cab and see if we can find something that you'll like. quite sure you like the sapphire one best. Oh, quite sure. Sapphires have always been my favorite stone. It fits so perfectly, just as if it had been made for me. Perhaps it was. It certainly looks very nice on your hand. If you're quite satisfied, my dear. Oh, I'm more than satisfied. Oh, I just adore it. You couldn't have uh, anything better, sir. <laughs> That's a perfect stone. Uh, here's my card, then. Will you send the account to me at this address? Uh, certainly, uh, Dr. Jekyll. And if ever you'd like us to send you around some necklaces or other pieces of jewelry... I'll let you know. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, sir. Uh, good afternoon, madam. Good afternoon. And now, what do you say to a little drive around the park before we go and have dinner somewhere? I, I'm wondering when I'm going to wake up. This can't be me, Henry. Well, I feel a little that way myself. I, I haven't felt so happy as I do this moment for, well, I can almost say years. I feel terribly like Cinderella. Oh, but you're only going for a ride in a handsome cab, not a fairy coach. I wouldn't change it. Not for all the fairy coaches in the world. French flowers for sale. French flowers for sale. Oh, look. Look, Henry. Yes, there's an old woman there selling lilac. Uh, let me buy you some. It'll match your dress. Oh, but what will I do with it? Well, just carry it for a while till you get tired of it and then throw it away. Throw flowers away? Oh, I couldn't. All right, we'll go and call on uh, your old Mrs. Wilkins and uh, and give them to her. Henry, how much champagne did you drink at Hugh and Nancy's wedding? Not enough to account for the way I feel now. Something's happened to me. I feel as though a great load has rolled off my soul. You know, you look happier than I ever remember you doing before. The curse has lifted from me, Helen. I'm a free man. Fresh flowers for sale. Lilac from the country. Buy a bunch of lilac. Uh, wait here for me. I'll just slip across the road and, and buy out her entire stock. <laughs> Mind you don't get run over. I, I don't think you're quite responsible just now. I'll take care. All right. <laughs> Even standard! Even standard! Fresh through in the Edison Moyer case! 2,000 pounds reward offered for the capture of Edward Hurry! Even standard! Even standard! Oh, Henry! Henry! <laughs> 
Let me attend to him. Here, here, here. What's the matter here? Been an accident, Constable. The gentleman walked fair in front of the horses he did. Where's the driver? Here, sir. He went, my pal. I shouted after him. He went crossing the road and all of a sudden he stopped dead in his tracks right in front of the horses. I couldn't do a thing. All right, all right. Now, let's have a look at him. Now, stand back there. Who are you, miss? I'm, I'm a friend. I'm a trained nurse. I don't think he's very badly hurt. I don't know. Starting to come round now. Uh, stunned a bit, maybe. Uh, stand back there. Now I'll give him some air. Uh, what, uh, uh, what happens? Here, don't talk to her. You've had an accident. Just lie still. I, I was crossing the road and something made me stop there. I remember. It was the newsboy. Yeah. Uh, get me a paper. Get me a paper. Henry, Henry, lie still. You must lie still. I must see that paper. It's all right. I tell you. I'm all right. I was only stunned. Hey, Henry, uh, look, still quiet. Up off the ground. There's nothing wrong with him at all. Where's the paper boy? Hey, boy. Boy. Henry, give me a paper. Henry, are you sure you're not hurt? No, I'm not hurt. Oh, let's get away from this crowd. Let's get away, I say. Oh, uh, not so far, sir. I've got to get a few particulars. Uh, what for? Why, what do you want to know? Your name and address, sir. Now, move on, everybody. Move on. Go on. Now, make it lively. Eat your all. The evening standard. Even on standard. Fresh clothing in the Edison Manor case the evening standard. Two thousand pounds reward for the capture of A slight one. I don't think he's seriously injured. But I'll get you to send for Dr. Hunt and get him to examine him. Oh, dear, dear, dear. What a pity to Dr. Lanyon's away. It is a pity, but he's on his honeymoon, so we'll just have to make the best of Dr. Hunt. Can you put his arm around your shoulders and help me upstairs with him? Yes, yes, of course. Now, now, steady on, sir. Steady on, sir. Just lean on me. Take it easily, Henry. I can manage. Don't cry too much, Henry. You've had a bad shaking, to say the least of it. Huh. I'll be all right after I've had a night's sleep. Here we are. Here's your room, sir, now. Easy now. Now, through the door, sir. Right. That's right. Now, just... Just wait a minute till I get you a chair. Would you care for some brandy or anything, sir? No. No, just... Just help me into bed. I'll leave you now. Poole, call me, will you, as soon as you're ready? Uh, yes, Miss Peters. Thank you. Uh, by the way, miss, uh, could I have a word with you outside? Yes, of course. Just wait a minute till I close the door. What is it? There's two men waiting downstairs to see the doctor. From Scotland Yard, they said they were. You mean detective? Yes, I, I guess it must be something to do with the man Hyde. Did you see the evening papers? Yes, I did. You go back to the doctor and don't say a word to him. I'll go down and see them right away. Oh, oh, what are you talking about? I'm coming, sir, coming, sir. 
Good afternoon. Are you waiting to see Dr. Jekyll? Uh, yes, we are. I'm Inspector Davidson from Scotland Yard, and this is Mr. James. Well, I'm afraid you can't possibly see him just now. He's met with a slight accident, and until the doctor sees him... Uh, I... Is he seriously injured? I don't think so, but, uh, but he can't be upset in any way. This is very urgent. Why is it? It's in connection with the murder of Mr. Alfred Utterson. As you know, we have every reason to believe that it was committed by a man named Edward Hyde. He was an associate of Dr. Jekyll's, and we've come into possession of fresh evidence that proves that he came to Dr. Jekyll's house the night of the murder and was admitted by a side door that leads to the doctor's secret laboratory. That's not true. Henry, Henry, what are you doing down here? Oh, I don't want to worry you, Dr. Jekyll. You're not worrying me. What do you want? We want to know if you were aware that Edward Hyde made use of that door into your laboratory the night of the murder. Edward Hyde did not come in that door. Whoever told you so was a lie. Henry, Henry, try not and get so excited. Excited? Why, what are these men trying to suggest? Do they think that I would conceal such a fiend as this man Hyde? Uh, we know that he was in the habit of coming to your place, Doctor. That was before I fully realized what kind of man he was. I tell you, I drove him out of my life. I know nothing of him. I don't even know his whereabouts and hope to heaven that I never set eyes on him again as long as I live. If we could have a look, sir, we... Oh, look as much as you like. Here. Here are the keys. Thank you. Poke and pry into every nook and cranny in the house. You'll not find anything. Very well, sir. Thank you very much. Come along, James. We'll have a look in that laboratory. Henry, they've been gone some time. What does it mean? Surely they don't think that Never mind what they think. If they want to have a look, they can. Edward Hyde has disappeared off the face of this earth. And no detective who ever lived will be able to find the slightest trace of him. Henry, dear, are you sure you'll be all right sitting here in these gardens all by yourself? Yes, of course I will. I've got this book to read and the sun to warm me. I'll probably go to sleep. I won't be any longer than I can help. But I must go and see one or two of our patients. I know you must. Tell them I'll be back on the job again tomorrow. Oh, by the way, uh, if old Harris is in much pain, you can increase the dose of morphia just a little. I'll leave it to you to decide if he needs it. Yes, I understand. I'll come back here for you. I shouldn't be longer than an hour. You'll find me waiting here for you. Goodbye, my dear. Goodbye. Lovely day, sir. Mind if I just rake up these few leaves from round your feet, sir? Oh, not at all. Go right ahead. First sign of autumn, maybe. Though you'd never think it to feel the warmth of that sun on your back. <sighs> Make a lot of extra work, don't they? Oh, all one to me, sir. I've been in charge of this part of Kensington Gardens for nine and thirty years now, and spring, summer, autumn, winter, it don't make no difference. Every season has its own charm, I always say, sir. Hey, will you just look at them children running all over the borders? Hey, get off their edges. You got rascals around the up here. Get away there. <sighs> <sighs> this is good. I don't know when I felt so lazy or so content. <sighs> You've lost your sense of fear, haven't you? You think you've got rid of Hyde. You've shaken him off. He won't come back to haunt you anymore. 
You're wrong. He's with you now. You're remembering, aren't you? You're thinking of the things you used to do, the pleasures and the lusts, the frightful things you did. Oh, stop for pity's sake. Pity? What have I to do with pity? Oh, leave me in peace. What have you and I to do with peace? This woman, Helen, do you think that she'll be able to satisfy you and keep me at bay? Have you forgotten the women we knew in Limehouse? That negress in the sailor's tavern? That Eurasian woman on the waterfront? The one who tried to knife me and who'll carry a scar across her face till she goes to the grave? Those were the days and nights when the blood raced through your veins like lava. Not the sluggish stream that lulls you off to sleep today. I'm happier this way. There's no such thing as happiness for you, Henry Jekyll. You forswore peace and happiness in the first moment you lifted that fatal draft to your lips and called out of the depths of your immortal soul the creature that was Edward Hyde. The creature that is stronger than yourself. The creature that even at this moment is claiming you again, is throwing off the shape and form of Henry Jekyll and emerging once again as Hyde. No, no, no. Let me go. You can't escape. <laughs> you can't escape. came, and I thought I'd better bring it across to him. Well, he's sitting over there behind that little clump of trees. Come, we'll find him. But I looked there, Miss. Uh, I don't think he's there. Oh, then he can't be very far away. Perhaps he's taken a little walk down the path. I've been longer than I thought, and I expect he got tired of waiting. Well, I've been here close on half an hour, Miss, and I can't find him anywhere. I, I wondered if he'd go home and pass you somewhere on the way. That's quite possible. Maybe I'd better go back. Yes, do. I'll look a little while longer, and, and then I'll go back to the house, too. It's getting rather cold now. I don't think he'd stay outdoors much longer. Perhaps that gardener over there might have noticed where he went. Yes, I'll go and ask him. Um, did you notice a gentleman sitting on that seat behind that clump of trees, gardener? A gentleman, miss? Wearing trees, youngish looking with the white hair? Yes, that's him. Do you know where he went? Oh, I was wondering the same myself. I was talking to him, and... Just went off to shoo away some children off the borders, and when I came back, he'd gone. Oh. How, how long ago was that? Oh, upward of two hours, I'd say. I seen him come here with him, and he weren't very long after you left. That's funny. Didn't you see him go? No, I didn't. I, I were away not more than five minutes or so, and when I come back, there weren't no sign of him. Oh, I... I wondered if he'd go for a walk. Oh, I didn't see him. As a matter of fact, there's been no one along this way but one queer-looking customer who comes shuffling along with his head down. And that was about an hour ago. Come to think of it, I... I've seen him sitting on that seat where your friend were. Did you? What was he like? Oh, hard to say, miss. Uh, little he were. Queer shape, too, and you've never seen such clothes. Must have been two sizes too big for him. I took him for a tramp and uh, went to ask him what he was doing here, and... I'll tell you straight, miss, the look he gave me fair froze the blood in my veins. 
Look. What sort of a look? Hard to describe. I've never seen the like of it before. Ugly, vindictive. Like as if he'd been glad of an excuse to fly at me throat. Well, where did he go? Straight out through the gates. The last I seen of him, he was getting into a cab, and the driver seemed as though he wasn't going to take him at first, and then the little cove must have said something to him, for the fellow touched his uh, hat pretty smart-like and drove away. What a funny thing. I don't know why it is, but even to hear you talk about him makes me feel crap. Oh, if you'd have seen him, miss, I tell you, I haven't got over it yet. I'll be right glad when the time comes to close up the gates and make tracks for home. He got on my nerves, yes. Shouldn't like to meet him after dark, and that's the truth. I only got one look, and then he pulled his hat down over his eyes and turned away. He didn't seem to want me to see it. And no wonder, I say. Well, well, perhaps he's quite harmless after all. To judge by the looks of him, there's nothing that he wouldn't be capable of, even murder. I strike me pink. What's the matter? I know who he is. What? I recognise the description. There's two thousand pounds reward for him. What are you talking about? That chap was Edward Hyde, the Glad to see you. Have you had any word from the master? Yes, Paul. I've had a letter. So have I, miss. Won't you step inside and see what's to be done? I've got a man with me, Paul. A locksmith. A locksmith? Yes, but I'll explain about it later. He's outside on the footpath. Tell him to come in and then come to me in the doctor's library. Yes, certainly, miss. Uh, will you come inside, my man? Uh, take a seat in the hall here and we'll tell you when we need you. All right, go there. Mind if I put my bag of tools on the carpet? No, that'll be all right. Just put them on the floor. Poole, what does your letter say? It doesn't say very much, Miss Peters. Just to expect a visit from you and to do everything in my power to help you carry out certain instructions. Here it is, Miss. If you'd like to see it. When did you get it? About an hour ago. It was delivered by messenger. A bit of a boy who just pushed it into my hand and ran away before I could ask him anything. That's how I got mine. Oh, Paul, I'm frightened. I feel certain something terrible's happened to the doctor. Listen to what he says in the letter he wrote to me. My life, my honor, my reason depend upon you. If you fail me tonight, I'm lost. No matter what may try to prevent you, do as I ask you. Otherwise, a fate so terrible will descend upon me that I cannot bring myself to put it down on paper. Mercy on me. Whatever can he mean? Let me read the rest of it. Find a reliable locksmith and go at once to my house. Pool, my butler, has his orders and will help you in what you have now to do. Get your man to smash in the door of my private laboratory. When this is done, you are to go in alone 
and to open the cabinet on the left-hand side of the room and to draw out, with all its contents as they stand, the fourth drawer from the top. This drawer I beg of you to carry back to your room in Bloomsbury, exactly as it stands. At midnight, I ask you to be alone and to admit with your own hand a man who will present himself in my name. Place in his hands the drawer you will have brought from my house and you will have earned my undying gratitude. Do not fail me. Think of me at this hour, in a strange place, laboring under a blackness of distress that no fancy can exaggerate. And yet, if you will faithfully do as I ask, my troubles will roll away like a story that is told. Serve me, my dear Helen, and save your unhappy friend, Henry Jekyll. Why, whatever can it mean? Heaven only knows, Paul. But one thing is clear. We must do as he asks and get him the drawer without any delay. Come along, then. I'll tell the man and we'll go out to the laboratory. Have you got a lantern? I'll get one. I think I'd also better get an axe. That door is very thick and strong. Oh, then get it, get it. It's now nearly ten o'clock and I've got to be back in my room by midnight. There's no time to be lost. Hurry, man, hurry. Can't you get that lock off? Uh, I've never seen a stronger lock in all my life. I've been at it nearly an hour now. Wait a minute till I try this other fire. Uh. If that won't open it, we'll have to smash in the door. That'll take a bit of doing, too. The doctor had this door specially made. I think I'm going to get it this time. See? It's starting to give. Put your shoulder to it and we'll give it a go. Uh. Oh, God, there you are, miss. I told you I'd never been beat yet. All right, right, good. Paul, give me the light. I'll go inside and get the drawer. Would you like me to come with you, Miss Peters? No, no. The doctor said I was to go alone. Just give me the lantern. As soon as I've got the drawer, I'm going to hurry back to my room. You can see that the door's sealed up again after I've gone. Yes, miss, I quite understand. Here's the light. We'll wait out here. All right. Creepy sort of place, this. What's it made use for? The doctor used it for experiments. Uh, he hasn't been here lately, has he? Look at all them cobwebs. Oh, oh blimey, what's that? What's the matter? Are you all right, Miss Peters? Oh, yes, yes, I'm all right. Nothing. Big rat ran across the floor. Lord, are we? What's that over in the corner there? That's the doctor's skeleton. The doctor's? She used it for reference. Haven't you seen them in shop windows? Oh, yes, but I... I ain't seen one hidden away in a beastly, creepy place like this. So I'll be fair glad to get out of it, and no mistake. Well, you won't have to stay much longer. I've got what I wanted, and all you've got to do now is to seal up the door again. Oh, lucky I bought a spare lock. I'll put it on right away. Would you like me to come across to the house with you, miss? No, no, Paul, you stay here. I'll let myself out and get a cab. I've got to hurry. In half an hour, it'll be midnight.
come, Dr. Jekyll? Yes. Where is he? He couldn't come. Have you got it? You mean the drawer? Yes, yes. It's here. Give it a minute. Well, you have to come inside. My room's on the second floor. Yes, yes, I know. Let me in and shut the door. Quickly, quickly. Isn't that a policeman coming along the street shining his bullseye on the doors? Yes, it is. Let me in and shut the door. Oh. Is everyone asleep? Yes, I, I think so. Then take me upstairs. No, I, I'd rather that you waited here. Don't keep me here arguing. Take me upstairs and into your room. Some fool may come blundering out here. Do as I say. How dare you talk to me like that? I'm sorry. I, I apologize. You must forgive me. It's... On account of my anxiety, you don't understand. But my friend, Dr. Jekyll... He's ill? Desperately ill. If I don't soon take him the contents of that drawer, it may be too late. Oh, then come at once. I shouldn't have kept you waiting a moment. Yes. Can't I come with you? Surely I can do something to help him. He only needs the contents of that drawer. But if he's so ill... No, no, be guided by me. Keep away from him. Very well, if you're so sure. Here's my room. Come in and I'll give you what you want. Where is it, for pity's sake? Tell me where it is. It's here, under that sheet. Is that what you came for? Yes, that's it. I, I was afraid there might have been some mistake. It's all there. The powders, the tincture, and the book containing the formula. What's the matter? Are you ill? You look like death. When a man has faced the horror that I have, you can't begin to imagine what it means to see these things. They are all that stands between heaven and hell. I, I cannot begin to thank you for what you've done. Then you must tell me where Henry Jekyll is. I insist. I'm his fiance. I've got the right to know. No, I cannot tell you. Then you'll not take that drawer away till you do. Give it to me. Give it to me. I say, oh, by heaven. You can't. You can't. Who's that? I don't know. She didn't want for you. Not at this hour. Then they can do their worst. What are you going to do? What's in that glass? You're not going to drink it. I'd have done anything to avoid this. I've got no choice. That knocking on the door downstairs is a summons to the gallows. There's only one way out. You're not going to kill yourself. No. I'm not going to kill myself. I'm going to be born anew. Hide your eyes, Helen Peters. For they are going to look upon a sight. That will blast them with terror and horror that has never met the gaze of man before. They're coming. I must do it. Heaven have mercy on us both. 
got suddenly terrified when she heard the banging at the door. I've done my best to calm her, but she seems to be quite beyond control. And who are you? This is my card. I am Dr. Henry Jekyll. y'all I'm back and I'm ready to uh, put the Sunday together and I'm going to use Neapolitan ice cream today and for those of you who might not know what that is it's, it's just a mixture of chocolate strawberry and vanilla ice cream and I don't know why they call it that but that's what they call it so <laughs> and uh, it was a favorite of mine when I was a child. Actually, still is. I just haven't bought any in a long time. And so I'm having that. And I'm going to have cinnamon coffee topping on top of that. Uh, then I'm going to throw some peanuts on top of that. And uh, then some marshmallow cream on top of that. And then my strawberry and whipped cream. Mmm. As I taste that, that tastes really good to me. So, <laughs> here, so enjoy the strawberry and whipped cream file today, which is, or I should say show, not file, but Actually, that's what it is, but, uh, we're doing the Lone Ranger and we're doing the one, um, on how the Lone Ranger found silver. And I think Winamp lied to me on this file because it told me the playing time was, uh, six minutes and something, but it seemed longer than that to me as I was playing. I could have sworn it was 30 minutes, but anyway, don't, I don't reckon it matters, uh, but y'all kick back and listen and enjoy it because I enjoyed it. This is the legend of a man and a horse and how they met. The story of the Lone Ranger and his great horse, Silver. The Lone Ranger and Tuttle were trailing the worst outlaw in the West. His name was Butch Cavendish. They had followed his trail for many weeks, 
until finally they noticed that the hoof prints of the outlaw's horse were fresh. We're close to Cavendish now. Yes, Tonto. He can't be far ahead. Him outrun us last time. Maybe better we shoot in sight. No, I want to take him alive. Look out! Steady there, steady boy. Over there. Killer in ambush. Him right way. Tonto, he missed me, but he shot my horse. Get after him. Get him up, Tonto! Tonto's horse was tired and no match in speed for the animal Cavendish rode. The outlaw escaped. When Tonto returned from the futile chase, he found the lone ranger standing beside his dead horse. A good horse, Tonto. Loyal, faithful, and brave. But my next horse must be faster. I wish that... Tonto, we've heard stories of a wild horse, a fiery white stallion. Ah, him seen near valley over there, where Cavendish goes. We'll be on the lookout for the wild horse while we follow Cavendish. horse carried the Lone Ranger's saddle, his saddlebags, and bridle, while the masked man and the Indian continued on foot along the outlaw's trail. When they reached the top of a hill... Look, Toto! Ah. They halted suddenly and stared at an awe-inspiring sight far down in the valley. They saw a great white stallion in a death fight with a giant buffalo. The horse was plunging, rearing, charging, and dodging wildly, and the sun flashed from his coat as from a coat of polished silver. They realized that this was the legendary White Stallion, the one ranchers and hunters had talked so much about. Otto, we must have that horse. I'll try to shoot the buffalo. It's too far for pistol shot. I'll get closer before it's too late. As he ran downhill, the Lone Ranger watched the battle. The sleek White Stallion was nimble and courageous, but his strength began to wane. The buffalo charged again and again. The splendid muscles of the White Horse were slower in responding. Then, too slow, he was caught by the buffalo's charge. Wet crimson stained his pure white coat. Another charge. The white horse saw it coming, and he couldn't dodge. He staggered and fell. The monster drew back and lowered his head for the death charge. And then, two shots rang out. The buffalo shuddered from the impact of the masked man's bullets. For an instant, he stood motionless. Then fell. Hand me the halter, Tonto. Uh. As the mighty 
stallion felt the halter, he trembled as if from a chill. Every instinct told him that he must flee at once to preserve his freedom. And yet he stood his ground. It wasn't gratitude that kept him there. It was something stronger, some mysterious bond of friendship and understanding. He heard the man's voice, and he liked it. Silver. Silver. We're going to be partners. Him let you use halter. Now, Toto, the saddle. Oh, no horse like that. Take saddle. There never was a horse like this. Now, Silver, we're going to work together. The horse was wild and unused to the ways of men and the weight of a saddle and a rider. But the masked man was a kind teacher. He was gentle yet firm, and Silver was intelligent. The stallion seemed to sense the desires of the Lone Ranger and did his best to cooperate. He learned quickly, and after several days of training, he was ready. Follow me, Toto. I'm going after Cavendish. No hoofs had ever beat the flames like those thundering hoofs of the great horse Silver. During the past few days, Cavendish had gotten far away, but the masked man and Toto trailed him relentlessly with only a minimum of rest. It took days to cut down the outlaw's lead, but at long last, Cavendish came into view. There he is! going to have to say bye to you and um, y'all come back next week I'm always happy to have you and bring your friends the more the merrier and anybody that you think might like old time radio or maybe somebody just wants to try it out for the first time but I have to run now and I got to get ready for the next show so we'll talk to you Then, bye-bye.